With me on the Collaborate Talk Show is Sohail Vadgaonkar, Director of Human Resources, Urban Company, and Rohan Deshpande, Associate Program Manager, Central Strategy, Zomato. What we are going to explore is tips, tricks, and techniques for gigas to push their career to the next level. Now, uh, just to remind people, in case they don't know, gig is a uh, either a task-based or an hourly-based job that you take up, and you are paid according to it. Uh, I mean, just the hour or the task that you take up. So, to give you an example, uh, Zomato rider is paid per ride. Uh, uh, Ola taxi driver is paid per trip. And uh, um, I myself started off in the gig world. Uh, this was in 1990. At that time, we never even used that term. So I used to work for various caterers. I would, uh, I was running my own catering company, but because there was less work at that time, I used to do gigs for other uh, caterers, and I even did longer gigs. So a gig can be anything from a few hours to a couple of months to even, you know, you can constantly do gigs for a particular organization over a period of years. And I did for two organizations over a period of ten years. Recently, the government has opened up this gig space by uh, defining what a gig worker is in a social security code that was released end of uh, September. And recently in the finance uh, announcements also, the finance minister mentioned that we are going to set up a portal to register gig workers. So this is going to be the new age phenomena that we're going to be seeing where gig culture or gig economy as it is known globally is going to take off in India. Uh, reminding you that in India, gig culture was always there, gig economy was also there, but it was in a sort of quasi-legal format because uh, there were no uh, laws directing it or governing it. Um, to give you an example, the lady who comes to your house, the buy who comes to your house is a gig worker. The person who washes your car is a gig worker, right? Um, um, many of you would be from hotel management background uh, coming in on the Facebook live feed also. Uh, when you do your waitings, that's a gig. So, I mean, that's the new term for it, so to say, right? Anyway, the first question is to Sohail, uh, or rather I'm going to open with Sohail. And uh, Sohail, tell us how new age companies look at gig hiring vis-a-vis -vis permanent or contractual jobs. Uh, this obviously need not be directly related to the urban company standard, but I'm talking about in general, how would a new age company look at the gig culture, gig hiring, Vis-a-vis permanent or contractual jobs. Suhail. Well, Dominic, firstly, thanks, thanks for having me on this panel. It's, um, it's good to be in a, a you know, alumni network. Um, <laughs> good to see folks from uh, IHM you know, Mumbai. Um, so to answer, yeah, which at your time would have been known as rather catering. Correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to, to answer your question, um, I think, so, you know, there are two ways of looking at it. What uh, the company I work for, uh, Urban Company, by itself is a big platform, right? Um, the endeavor of the platform has to has been to formalize the gig economy for blue collared and gray collared services, right? Um, that is one aspect of it. Now, from an employee perspective, right? So we also employ. 1200, 12 to 1300 uh, full-time employees in the company. Um, and we okay. have seen that, you know, with, with this generation, a lot of people do also have um, passions, right, which, which they pursue. So one is you have a job. Um, and if your job can be your passion, that's, that's amazing. Uh, but that's not the case for everyone, right? 
Um, there are people who are passionate about photography. There are people who are passionate about singing. There are people who are, you know, I, I was I was having a conversation with our with our HR uh, uh, manager in Australia, and she has two gig jobs on the side. She, you know, um, she she bartends on the weekend, um, and she's also um, an eyelash uh, artist. Um, so, if people have the time and people have the capacity to be able to pursue their passions outside their job, then um, I think it's a great thing, right? It also, bring, it also allows them to bring their best uh, game to uh, work every day. Um, so that's, that's our perspective. Um, but from a, from a platform, uh, you know, just looking at the platform, what we've tried to do is, um, you know, for, for the gray and, and blue collar services, what is important is that we have been able to unlock their ability to earn, right? Um, a certain amount above what they used to own, earn earlier, right? By just by just giving them more jobs to do on a daily basis. Um, and that almost negates the need for permanent employment. Okay. So I'll come back to you. And uh, in, in fact, I have a question lined up for you already, but I'd bring Rohan in here. And Rohan, if you could tell us uh, the delivery or right trip model as we know it, you know, where we hire gigger, uh, we are hiring gigas for the last mile uh, of services. So, uh, would you all consider moving it up or have you all already done it for moving it up the hierarchy to, let's say, supervisory, strategy, managerial uh, in the gig space? So, uh, first and foremost, thank you so much, Dominic, for having me. I think this is a great. Uh, uh, seminar. I think uh, a lot of people would learn a lot here, and I think I was I was also when you told me about it. I also saw uh, the recordings, and uh, there was so much that I learned from it. So thank you so much for having me on the panel first and foremost. Um, to answer your question, I think there are two ways to look about it, right? One is um, of course. So when you talk about a delivery boy, um, they have their flexibility to work whenever they want to and however they want to and earn to whatever limit they want to, right? So if if I want to earn five hundred rupees tomorrow. I can decide to work all week long and earn that 500 rupees or I can work 13 hours on the weekend and do it. It's my choice as to how I want to make that money. So uh, that flexibility that, that is given to a gig worker, um, I think is, is a, a great asset for them. Now, when you talk about uh, escalating them into roles of uh, say supervisory or managerial levels, um, it depends from uh, here. I think this is my personal perspective. Uh, let me know if you feel any uh, other way, but it depends from uh, space to space and company to company. Now for, for me, uh, if I want to, so the supervisors that we have, so we have a fleet manager at Zomato who manages the onboard fleet, right? So now this person can also be a gig worker because he essentially has to manage the fleet on ground and solve their issues, escalate those issues to the management. Right. So I don't need um, someone who's going to be trained uh, for two months to, to get that job doing uh, going on. Right. Uh, but when you now talk about strategy, um, startups have, have a lot of essential data and a lot of sensitive data, as you call it, uh, that might not be uh, that that we might not want to let everyone know about. Not everyone in the company who are permanent employees know about it. So I'm not sure if a gig worker would be um, the right person in those particular roles, say a strategy role, because then uh, letting them know of company data and tomorrow you don't know if, you know, of course you can place contracts in place, but that's again, another legal issue that comes in. Uh, but on the, at the same time, you have an organization like TEDx, 
that works solely on gig workers who who have gig workers manage the entire you have five people who work in a te, uh, in a team who organize an event and everyone else is gig worker right they they, they put forth an entire event that that you see um you have so many events that way comic con works on a similar background where you have only 10 people who are the core committee members and everyone else is a volunteer right and these guys then come in give their uh, wherever they are placed and um then contribute to whatever their aspect is so it depends i think again from place to place uh, i'm not sure if if a place with sensitive data might want to do it but uh, again another company where uh, this data is not so crucial might always think of it okay so i got you there on the data but just to uh, you know maybe for example lawyers that is your legal aid your uh, financial consultants in yeah, example, think, for example that- we outsource it and we, we these guys are trustworthy i mean they yeah, yeah, be trustworthy or they would be in the business <laughs> no 100% but, i think but, even but for us get take your point about this uh, when you are talking about you know sensitive data especially the person is a gig worker in your organization probably in a competitive uh, space right you know where there would be the uh, conflict of interest coming in uh, now c- coming back to something sohel said which i was you know literally uh, itching to ask So Sohel, does your company allow people to also do gigs on the side? Because you mentioned about this lady in Australia who's uh, into eyelash and uh, bartending. So it's perfectly okay with the organization, uh, or do does she need special permission to do it? And uh, Rohan, you could also jump in on that. It's it's perfectly okay, uh, Dominic. Um, as as long as she doesn't have another form of permanent employment, that is you know against the law. Um, but uh, yeah it's it's fine and as long as she's doing it outside her work now okay okay so uh, as as a policy your company allows it so for example you also could be allowed to do a gig yeah absolutely um and, and that's what i was saying right we do have like we we we've had someone who was uh, a photographer uh, we've had we we we, we we have a couple of uh, people who are designers um right um designing lengas and stuff during the wedding season. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it happens. And these are uh, we have we have we have a couple of people who are influencers, right? Influencers are also gig workers. Right, right, right. Okay, so now uh, we've got a couple of people who would be listening in either live or the recording. Um, could you give me some trick that a gig worker could use and I'm talking about above the line or below the line also? any trick a gig worker could use to you know get noticed so i'm going to throw different questions so to just get noticed like you know let's say let's say um, i'm a, i'm a great rider for one of you guys and i want to get noticed and maybe moved up to supervisor what could i do either uh, above the line or below the line or if i am a um, uh, a waiter in a hotel because both of you are from hm background and uh, i was doing banquets and i want to get noticed by the management and you know get probably pulled into a role as a higher gig worker or maybe even as a permanent uh, what could i do so let me let me use um, some of uh, an example that that is very common at urban company right so um, you know we own the service experience end to end so it goes from you know onboarding to training to um to uh, you know giving them the supplies to delivery right now training forms a very very critical aspect of the entire experience and end service delivery so we do have 
um, you know, partners, our, our best performing partners who get elevated to becoming trainers. Um, and they're also on, on, on contract, right? It's not necessarily a full-time payment. And what happens is that they will train for a couple of months and they will go back into being partners because they, of course, make more money uh, being partners and doing more jobs, right? But when, when the season is low, they have an opportunity to become trainers. Oh, excellent. Right? And, and then they have a, you know, a fixed income that they're earning every month as compared to you know, nothing. Okay, so you would you rope them into a fixed income role because at that time it's low season and you can move them into training probably. So how what would that what would the, the quality or the uh, caliber of person you are looking for to you know to move him up to trainer or any other role that you look at? What what's that one um, uh, or two? Um, silver bullet. <laughs> yeah, what's the silver bullet? It's actually rating, right? Um, so ratings and their. Uh, their scores on the platform are what help us identify the best performing partners, right? And the more number of jobs that they do and the higher the rating, that means that obviously their, their average score per job is, is high and they're delivering top quality jobs. So that helps us identify, of course, tenure on the platform is also important, uh, right? But, but the, the, the real sort of quality uh, parameter is, are the ratings. Okay. So, uh, uh, this one's for Rohan. Rohan in, um, I mean, Suhail, you could jump in also. But uh, in Zomato, right, you've got your riders, you've got um, uh, different uh, people that you have in the, this. Uh, what would you say, uh, and this is, I mean, you may not want to speak about Zomato only. So, gen generally speaking, how do gig workers look at their satisfaction index? I mean, are they happy with the money they're making, with the permanent employment, non-permanent employment? Uh, and I guess uh, Suhail would want to jump in on this also. But uh, satisfaction, job satisfaction. So um, again, like I said, um, there, are, there are two aspects to it now. One is, is the money there. So right now, if you see, there are a lot of strikes going on because the petrol prices are up. Petrol prices in a lot of cities have gone up to 100 rupees. And now, now the riders, uh, they want to be compensated equally. You know, they, they have a particular earning per order that they have. And uh, that, that doesn't include a lot of external factors. Of course, the, the regular factors like a weekend or festival is included, but I don't include my petrol prices in that. So uh, essentially, when these prices went up, a lot of partners had an issue saying, hey, now we're not making money or we're making way less money than we, was, we, are, we were going to earlier. So uh, maybe you should adjust for that, right? So um, satisfaction comes uh, because um, last mile delivery is a very challenging role. Um, satisfaction can be on various, uh, uh, I mean, different scales. Yeah. So uh, for someone making that, making the hundred rupees or two hundred rupees uh, a day would would be a satisfactory uh, result. Saying, hey, I spent eight hours today and I made this much money. I think I'm happy. For someone else, it might also be no. I, if I'm on the platform for eight hours, I want to do the maximum orders. Why is someone else getting more orders than I am? So we, of course, we have an NPI to kind of judge what 
uh, how how um, happy they are what what we should improve what we can you know uh, what are the changes that we should do uh, some things of course we always put on ground if whatever is possible we we immediately want to implement that and uh, i think with uh, with every company that would be the same case right something that is in your hand and if you can implement you would uh, essentially want to do it right away to keep your uh, so they are our partners right uh, we call them delivery partners for a reason and not riders or executives because they are working for us is why our company also works similarly i think for uh, uc also you, these are they are called partners because they help we together collaborate and work right so their happiness is as important as a customer's happiness for us they are also essentially a customer for us right if if someone's happy they're going to come back tomorrow and work more and that's going to help my platform grow more so what you're saying is you you look out for their happiness you have to look out for their of happiness course, or you're not, or you're not going to be happy of course because then if if i don't essentially they they'll do they'll work for a while but after that they'll get frustrated and it's not that you don't have competition so if the competition understands that hey this guy is not happy on their platform let's let's try to adjust that on ours you'll have this gig because they have the flexibility they'll always go to the, the other platform right and that's when you are to lose okay suhel um dominic so similar to what rohan said right um, so for us our customers are our partners we don't earn from our, we don't earn from customers we earn from partners um and they are our bread and butter um and keeping them happy is very very important the other thing is that the social impact that we are trying to create right we are sort of uplifting the a certain strata to mm-hmm. the real place where they belong right mm. um we have you know been able to unlock the potential of a uh, a beautician uh, where she would be earning 20 25000 a month and taking her to that 50 60000 uh, mark right and it it helps her go from um uh, it helps her go into another strata altogether um that is one the second is that even while they are gig workers it's very important for them to feel secure right if tomorrow something were to happen um it's important that the company backs them right um, and the pandemic was a was a good example right when when the when the uh, sort of uh, services were put to a, a halt uh, because of lockdown these people suddenly stopped earning right and it was important for us to be able to take care of them um we also you know created stuff like group insurance family insurance um for them we also have a mental health uh platform which they can use which which uh, we pay for and w- why is this it's, it's because that uh, and we don't have competition right um but what happens is that the real marketing or the real evangelists of the platform are our partners if they are happy then the platform does well right um and and i think we 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 we've done a fairly fairly decent job in the in the fairworks report that came out this year we were we were uh, you know on top of it we scored 8 out of 10 um okay. right um and hopefully we you know uh, we will put more effort as the platform grows as our, as our partner base grows we'll be able to expand our efforts more into into creating a, a you know sen- into giving them a sense of security okay. uh, right and i and helping them on more Okay, just one quick question to both of you, and I want just a number if you're uh, free, uh, open to share it. How many gig workers with Zomato? How many gig workers with Urban Clap, uh, Urban Company? 
just a ballpark figure i don't need the uh, i have around 1 lakh oh 100000 wow we we have 30000 wow so the, uh, just two platforms and you all are holding so many people and growing um, i mean uh, now coming to uh, back to the you know, we we need to give some these guys some tips tricks so let's say for example uh, you know how would, how would you balance your if i am a gig worker with one of you right and uh, i i need to create a brand for myself in at least with the urban company with zomato maybe not because you know all riders are the same but uh, like sohel pointed out maybe you'll want to make him a trainer or something like that so push so is creating a brand for themselves as important as the brand itself creating a brand for itself that means urban company or zomato or swiggy creating a brand for itself but within that the gig workers do they need to create a brand for themselves to differentiate themselves from the others how would it help them how would they go about it uh no dominic actually it's not important or necessary for them to create a brand for themselves at all uh, right because the what happens is that what we have been able to create is a brand that allows them to get hired right and that's our promise that hey you're good at what you do you come on to the platform we will help you refine your skills through an intense training um and then you work off the platform um and and we actually uh, we we don't really allow customers to select their partner um, okay okay we are we are like uber right you get a partner time but we have been very stringent with the you know our our uh, quality, quality measures into ensuring that you know if you hire a, a plumber today and you hire another one a month later your experience is going to be the same okay right so, so it's not important for them to create what what is important for them to ensure is that they uh, get good ratings right um and they also know that it's if they fall below a certain threshold then they automatically get deactivated okay uh, when you say deactivated that means some sort of a blacklisting we don't blacklist so what we do is again depending on the tenure if, if there's a, a you know uh, partner who's fairly new on the platform then we take the partner back into training and you know because we have enough data on each partner we know exactly where he's struggling right where is he uh, so when when you put in a rating if you put in a poor rating you can identify some aspects which have not been done well um so that helps us understand what the training needs are and we are able to train partners so it's not that you know it's it's uh, zero or one we do give them enough chances we do train them um but if they don't in- improve over a certain period of time then of course they they turn off the platform okay um uh, rohan you wanted to say add something to that yeah so uh, i think here i don't uh, i'm not uh, i don't want to speak about say urban company or zomato uh, as a platform because obviously these these are aggregators right who help you uh, to a certain i i want to talk about gig workers who work on their own your freelancers your artists your poets stand up comics of and i believe of course they need to create a brand for themselves so if, uh, again you can um, you can segregate these these gig workers into the type of uh, job environment that they want to take up right so say for example you have someone who's a writer um now for them it is very essential to ensure that their work is out there and known by people and their style is appreciated by people for them to be able to get another uh, sort of gig sometime later 
right? So if if I am writing well and I think hey I'm doing well, I want people to know. But if I don't maintain my brand, so I I can't just go about and writing anything. My my style is my style. So like a Quentin Tarantino movie is a Quentin Tarantino movie, and you see his style across different movies. You know how the movie is going to be, and that's why you have a repeat audience for it. I'm not going out and creating random content. Um, you know. So I think for these people, creating a brand is very very essential. Uh, where they they essentially. So someone who's doing the creative aspect of it. So for, I got you. So we've got one set of uh, gig workers who would be under an umbrella of a brand and yeah. not create branding for themselves. Correct, and we've correct. got another umbrella of people who would be the actual uh, giggers out there who need to create their branding. Of course. Perfect. So uh, if we need to create a brand for ourselves, what are the tips, uh, tips or tricks you could uh, suggest to us? and if we are to work under a brand like uh, uh, swiggy zomato uber ola whatever uh, what what would we need to do to en- ensure our ratings are high because that's what i'm understanding if my ratings are high in, a, in under an umbrella then automatically more work would come to me right so i've given you all two questions there and you all could both discuss it i think first uh, is it okay if i go first yeah go go ahead yeah so uh, i think first and foremost for both uh, for both umbrellas is working really hard and being honest i think that's the most important you you if you're honest with what you're doing and if you're working hard i think there's no challenge uh, be be it uh, someone who's under an umbrella or someone who's doing their independent work if i'm genuinely putting my 100% effort into writing um, a story and say if i'm putting 100% of my effort in ensuring that my the order that i'm supposed to deliver from restaurant a to reach to customer c is reaching with the in in the uh, fastest possible way and no hassles to the customer i'm doing my job the best i'm getting good ratings for for that order and say if i'm doing a good job when i'm writing a story and i'm putting my 100% efforts in and i'm honest with what i'm uh, giving out to to whoever's asking for it um i think that's that's essentially what creates your brand right you can so when you when you go on uh, say upwork for example to look for someone who's uh, for any any of these gigs right the the first and foremost uh, like like uh, suhel said i think is what you is the rating that you see and secondly you see reviews right you you see what they are doing and how they are doing their work if 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 i see a lot of reviews where people are saying that you know this guy gave his 100% and i'm happy with the quality of work that was given so uh, quality becomes very important to to the kind of work that you are doing so those those two things i think become become the base of wherever you want to start um i think suhel can add on to uh, Uh, something else if i think go ahead sir yeah uh, i think there are two aspects to it right one is when you are working on a platform uh, then you you know it becomes a little easier because that platform is attracting customers um who then sort of discover you right uh, you have a better chance of discovery but the question is also about when you are working off a platform right uh, you are good at what you do but how do you get the work word out there um that's the real challenge so um and i think that's that's where you know a lot of marketing needs to happen um and i think that that's also how the whole influencer uh, um uh, you know uh, 
economy has got a built up over the last uh, couple of uh, years right and and it's a fairly fairly uh, recent uh, sort of uh, uh, phenomenon um i i think yeah i think marketing the ability to market is very important now even within influencers you've got you've got like your you've got bollywood then you've got your you know the the 1 million uh, followers instagram but you've also got micro influencers right um you you got admins of uh, society whatsapp group these are and these are powerful influencers right these are so it's it's about being smart about how you get your word out there who are you leveraging to get your word out uh, to get the word out there about what you do um so it's yeah i think that is that is important um of course i think in india while we do have you know there's urban company yes that's a platform that brings the blue collared and gray collared uh, work, workers out there and there's tomato swiggy etc we don't have platforms that bring the white collared jobs um right on the platform and, and the us has something called thumbtack where you'll find everything from uh, you know you'll find home chefs you'll find bartenders you'll find uh, singers you'll find uh, writers um you'll find you know chartered accountants etc so uh, there is a need for a platform and we used to do that in fact uh, in our early days uh, but we moved away from that so um yeah i think platforms do help because then uh, for a for a gig worker that additional effort spent to you know market himself is 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 you know it's got saved yeah it is it's safe okay just uh, to inform you uh, suhil uh, collaborate is an app that is now going to be bringing all these people yeah. that you mentioned in fact yeah. so we are not only focusing on the uh, the bottom of the pyramid we are talking about you know quality assurance uh, people uh, people who do uh, mystery audits your um, uh, financial audits your cost control we are planning on getting them on the app and we are working towards it so uh, that's why collaborate would come in which is connecting your gig workers to the companies and directly so we are not going to be taking a commission or anything we are just uh, putting you in touch with each other um there are questions coming up and although it's a little early for me to go into the questions but since they've come in early let me give you one question which has been a sort of a pet question um which has come throughout all the programs we have done literally so i'm anyway going to put it forward to you all how do i make my in-laws comfortable with me being a gig worker so this came as you know how do i make my uh, let me say a guy is proposing to a girl and then she takes it to her parents or he goes to the parents and says okay he's a gig worker so uh, in fact suhel avril was on the last show you must have known and she said that she wouldn't be comfortable with her daughter coming home with a gig worker uh whatever that is so uh, do you all have a problem when you all are hiring your gig workers do they say sir hum log permanent nahi iske liye shaadi ka problem ho raha hai ya jo bhi hai don't want to spend too much time on this one but uh, go ahead no but this you know a lot of our our beauticians used to say that right um that their in-laws were not okay with them traveling around they preferred the fact that they were uh, you know uh, in one sort of salon and they had a fixed time um so we, with with the female uh, you know gig workers this was a, a concern um but i think the ability to show them that you know you could really catapult your your earnings and and you know give your family a better life um helped uh, it was also i think what also helped was getting the buy in of the husband uh, right we we have lots of examples where we have both husband and wife working on the platform uh, wow yeah 
so uh, but this this is a very real problem um and um, yeah I, i think it's about you being able to show them that hey you can earn a certain amount of money right because the the view of gig work is that your the amount you're going to earn is not fixed every month you could bring home you know a ton or there could be a month where you'd bring home nothing right so that that consistency is is not there okay uh there is another question which is not really related to this one but i'll anyway give it to you all is there any provision for insuring gigas against accident i think sohel had an answer earlier and i think rohan also would be doing something on that do you all insure the gig workers you mentioned that earlier yes we do we do we do as well okay aggregators are taking the world by storm in what capacity can i get a gig work with an aggregator ba in economics So, do you all? Uh, I'm going to put this to you all. Would you all require a BA in economics for the economic background for gig work in your profile, job profile that you are hiring? Uh, I can see no. one. No. No, I I don't think so. So, actually, I'm going to uh, take this on in a different way. um you know there's a lot of stress on kids you know do arts science commerce blah 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 do you all find that restricting growth in uh, where you have been not necessarily gig but even uh, uh permanent employment is it is it a factor i don't think so to be very honest i'm a science background graduate i've done nothing related to science uh whatever i've i've done in my personal and professional life is is based on what i've learned based on the environment around me and based on what i like to do my my brother is a is a slam poet and he has done commerce he's done bba there's no relation absolutely whatsoever but today he's doing what he's doing very well and very successfully and i think it's just that um uh, if you know where you want to go and if you know where, what you want to achieve and you know okay these are the skill sets that i need to acquire to be able to reach here i i think uh, there there's no uh, restriction based on what you studied or you know what your graduation has been in the world is your oyster sorry i'm going to say something that's slightly politically incorrect but uh, <laughs> as a country we are still very far from you know recognizing diversity and inclusion right uh, every company wants to hire btex right and if the company can afford it then they'll hire btex who are out of iit so uh, yeah there is still that view that oh uh, you need to do engineering to get a good job and uh, and, and companies are proving it so um, i i think we're we're sig- significantly far from you know recognizing that you don't have to have an engineering degree to be able to do a certain job right um, like a lot of a lot of uh, btechs from it go on to do mbas and then get into a finance profession right uh, but that's only because they have that degree out of it so um, how does that make them better at finance they can okay, do it uh, anyone can do see taking it like you know say i've come out of college or i've come out of uh, school or whatever it is and i want to look for a job 
and i've decided i want to live in the gig space that means i do not want a permanent job because i like you know the idea of doing gigs maybe playing music on the weekends or doing stand up comic and also doing a job maybe with a urban company or whatever how should i start off where should i apply what should i do uh sorry i dominic help me understand um one is that yes you you have a degree um or i'm just out of school or college whatever in that case you need to be really good at something right to be able to uh, be a a gig worker like actors are gig workers correct right? so what they study really doesn't matter but let's say i'm delivering uh, uh, food or you know i'm uh, i i can would would uh, the urban company or any other company is similar to, uh, in your uh, space train me to do the job that i'm required to do or would i need to have those skills beforehand we we train we wouldn't skill so sorry your voice broke there to... uh, sorry we lost train but we wouldn't skill you would be expected to have Okay, I'd be expected uh, to have the skills, and then you train me. Yeah, we're losing your voice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Rohan, uh, what would the uh, criteria be to join you all? So uh, I think for us, it's it's very simple, right? If if um, there's there's uh, not a lot of work that goes into you, just need to be able to ride a bike and uh, deliver orders from point A to point B. So uh, it it does not necessarily come in with say you need a degree or you need a skill you need to be able to ride a bike and maybe spend a few hours on the uh, in the day to have that done. So I don't think in particularly when when I talk about Zomato, I don't think a degree or uh, a particular skill set is necessary. It's always great to have a uh, have a skill set because then that's how. Uh, so we also have categorization of riders. so if you are an english speaking rider you obviously get um, you are assigned to a more premium restaurant so i would want someone who knows uh, english or someone who's well groomed to be um, a rider who goes to a marriott to pick up of my parcel or you know or deliver my parcel to a premium customer who's ordering from me every day so so someone who who has those skills and of course you have skills it's always better but for us uh, i don't think that's that is a criteria to start working so this is interesting because what i'm hearing you say is earlier when i spoke about branding you can have a brand built for yourself or you need not have here you are saying you can have a skill set or you need a skill set or you may not have a skill set so it seems like it's a open um, uh, uh, jungle for everybody whether you are uh, you have the english speaking ones that you would give a certain uh, category i mean put them in a certain zone and the non english speaking ones right uh just curious how do you decide what's well groomed and not well groomed because oh, you may because yeah. you are giving a uniform i'm guessing yeah so again um compliance with wearing uniforms compliance with uh, carrying your delivery bag all of all of that comes into a criteria so whenever a rider goes to a restaurant uh, they the restaurant also has options to rate the rider based on if he was wearing his uniform if he was carrying his bag now with covid if he was wearing a mask you know all of these factors do come into play so that that uh, helps us assess if a rider is compliant with uh with all this would come down to a score all it, it this come down to a score it does so the rating or the score is what is most important to them and uh, see both of you all are, have been in different companies before uh, 
would you you know the we have this appraisal system in organizations where you know you sit down with your boss and you get appraised etc do you find that appraisal system much more fair meaningful than the the uh, the system that you're using for your riders or your uh, mechanics or your beauticians where it is just you know 1 2 3 4 sort of a thing which one would you say is better Oops, my phone went down they are pretty similar no i mean at the end of the year when i'm getting appraised even i get get a rating out of 5 saying hey this is the work that we've given you this is what we think you've performed out of here's your rating and here's your appraisal so i think the rating uh, is is universally the system which comes into appraisals again i i'm not very sure of how traditional companies do appraisals uh, not having worked at one but um, in in most of the new age companies uh, you you do get a rating you you are told a point system yeah you you are told what you were supposed to do what you've done how how does that weigh in against what you were supposed to do you get a rating and that's the basis you get your appraisal so i think it's pretty pretty similar in both aspects sohil yeah ratings um, you know are prevalent in uh, our appraisal system as well in fact um, we've been trying to revamp our appraisal system to make it as objective as possible right um, so that there's you know no potential for bias to creep in um, it's all based on output um, right so the the more objective it is the more fair it is the more objective I mean, it is the more fair it is and even in my last uh, job where i was with itc again we followed the rating system over there it was alphabetical um, but there were there were lots of parameters and you had to put a score against each parameter and then there would be a uh, you know a weighted average that would come out at the end of it so it was um, i think that's that's the way to go okay Okay, now there's one very interesting question that's come up. Would you all become giggers? Would you all be gig workers? Given a choice, Rohan, Sohail. I'd love to, to be very honest. Um, on on a lot of occasions, I've also thought about it. Uh, one was when I was right out of school. Uh, when I had three months of vacation, I was like, I want to do something and earn my own money, right? Uh, you consider stand up because I I heard you. Yeah, of me. course, of course. So <laughs> I think I would. So. to be very honest um i i lo- i love cracking jokes i think i'm a funny person <laughs> uh, I, uh, but um it's it's only the I, i would love to do stand up on weekends it's it's just that push of if i'm good enough that that makes me not want to go in, a, in an open mic and try myself out but i'd love to do it if if i if i had the time and if i thought that i can give give uh, i can make the audience laugh and entertain them for 30 minutes i'd love to do it no no worries about it suhail you're smiling no actually i i would do and um i've done a little bit of it myself um, i i lived in japan as a child um, and would take english classes for uh, for uh, some japanese kids um, so yeah and it was good money um, you know to be able to earn about 300 rupees an hour uh, 20 years ago was good money so um, yeah why not <laughs> and i i do think about it also right like if i if i'm able to sort of move away from formal employment then uh, i don't mind you know becoming a a consultant and consultants are are, are giggers yes 
So there are some very direct questions to Zomato and uh, Urban Company, which I will skip over because uh, I don't want you to uh, represent your companies. But uh, do companies have a policy to promote gigas? This is just generally speaking. Uh, in the companies you're dealing with, have you found that companies are trying to move their permanent employment or permanent employees to gig workers? Before I actually open that to you all, just reminding the audience or rather I'd like to tell the audience in case you'd like to ask a question directly to the panelists, you could raise your hand. Jervis will unmute you and you could directly speak to our panelists. Yeah, so... Uh, Back to you all in the meantime. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a very good option to for companies to consider. Why I say that is um, a permanent employer. Again, whatever I say is what I believe. Uh, it may be politically incorrect sometimes. But uh, so this is what I believe, right? When you are a gig worker and a company is giving you a job, you do it to the best of your ability. You want to show it to them that, hey, this is my finished product and it's better than what you could have done in-house, maybe. So also, because it enables re-employment. So the next time they're thinking of getting another event on, I, I will be considered. Not necessarily that a permanent employer would always give the best, you know, give his best out. It may depend. Of course, uh, I'm not saying that permanent employees don't work hard or they're they are not doing things to the best of their ability, but it gives them that leeway saying, hey, if I falter on this one project, I'm still going to get my monthly salary at the end of the month. No one's firing me. But for a gig worker, it becomes really important to ensure that, that the project that they are delivering is top notch, else they're not going to be rehired. And for a lot of gig workers, um, word of mouth is a big, uh, big way of employment, right? So if tomorrow... I hire someone and I, uh, so we had someone uh, come into our house before COVID for um, a chef, right? Uh, who who uh, made made a few items and we really like the way they work. We really like the taste of the food. So we essentially, my mom was telling her friend saying, hey, we got this person and they were really good. Next time you have an event, you should try them out. And that's how word of mouth spreads and that's how they get re-employment. If they didn't do a good job, I'm not going to recommend them. So so it becomes very crucial for you to to give the best of you know so it it's it's good for companies also to consider certain things um that that may not require a full time employee to uh, essentially outsource projects to big workers i think uh Suhail? i think uh, <clears throat> there are a lot of aspects where we do have gig workers working with us right like um, in the creative field, so our ads that we do, our jingles that we do, you know, a lot of our collateral that we do are, are done by independent, um, you know, creative professionals. Um, we do have one or two strategy, uh, strategy consultants who work with us. Um, so across functions, across levels, there are gig um, workers. We, we have had people who've moved away from permanent employment to, you know, come back as advisors. Um, right. To answer your question, is it something that we encourage? Uh, I don't think we, we've, we've really thought about it that way, right? That we sort of create um, evangelism around being, becoming a gig worker. No. Uh, but I think what the way we see it is that there, there, there are enough opportunities even in, within the company for us to be able to hire gig workers. Okay. 
Okay, so now uh, is there any questions from the audience, live questions from the audience? If not, we'll move to... So uh, before we move to your closing statements, which I'll ask you all about the thing, I'll just give you all a background about what we're doing at Collaborate. So we have created a platform where companies can register and you have liberated associates. We call them liberated associates, LAs. And uh, they come on the platform. They, uh, uh, the liberated associate says what he is good at or what he can do. And the company says what they want. And this sort of matches them in what I'm starting to describe as like a dating app. Uh, not a marriage bureau, but a dating app where it quickly connects uh, the dots and says, hey, uh, you know, you, you would match with so-and-so company. Would you like to apply to them? And the company then sees the pop-up saying, okay, so-and-so is looking for work to work with you. They can uh, pre-assess them, pre-interview them, and then decide that, okay, we, we'll be comfortable to work with you. Now, this is done pre. So this is before the actual date. You, uh, and then when the date does come up, the company puts up what they require. They put up what they expect to pay. And again, the system matches, bases their pre-selected uh, people, sends out a notification to the ones that are selected saying that, okay, your um, bid is accepted or your bid is not accepted, but here's a counter offer. So the app actually allows you to bid and counter bid. So I could ask, let's say for 500 rupees an evening and the company could come back with say, hey, we are willing to pay only 400. Are you okay with that? And if I'm not okay with it, I don't pick up the job. If I'm okay with it, I could pick up the job. Uh, I also get a scorecard which tells me how many positions are open at that company, how many have been filled up. So I can you know, take an um, intellectual call that, listen, they've got only two seats left, I might as well accept it. Or they've got 20 seats left, let me wait till they you know, close in and then say, okay, let me accept it. Uh, it also allows both sides to rate each other on the app, which is very similar to what you all are doing. And uh, we are hoping to uh, open out the space in hospitality for, let's say, banquet managers, not just banquet waiters, banquet managers, chefs, uh, specialized chefs like your Rumali Roti, your Tandoori guys, and also in zones like your, um, how do you call it, your, um, your marketing professionals, your uh, quality assurance people, the uh, cost controller, the food controllers, the, um, the menu engineers. So all those aspects would then be available on the app. Uh, now, coming back to the two of you and uh, your closing statement, you know, any message you'd like to give out to the uh, to the gig workers and uh, tell them, you know, um, how they could, anything, just, uh, you know, off the top of your hat or something that you've planned to say to them, encouraging them, discouraging them, uh, your, your t uh, words to the gig workers. We'll take Rohan first and then Sohail. Um, my, my only uh, advice, I, I, don't, I don't want to say uh, advice. I think my only suggestion, yeah, I, I don't think I've, uh, I've reached that level to give advice to anybody, but my only suggestion would be just, just keep doing your best, keep working hard. I mean, um, and, and like um, Sohail said, right, marketing is one very important aspect. Your discoverability will help you reach where you want to reach. If you are doing really well, but nobody knows about what you are doing, uh, it will be difficult for you to grow up and scale up. So I think uh, working hard, working honestly, and making sure your material is reaching to whoever out there it should is, is very important. That That's all I want to say. Thank you, Rohan. Sohail? Yeah, I think um, a lot of us have 
unfortunately not been able to follow our passions right um, might be good at something and how do you create that into employment and that's what um, gig gig is right you're you're basically creating um, employment out of your passion um i feel if if someone has the resources they, they must do it right to be able to earn off your passion that's that's fantastic and that's what sports players do that's what actors do and and that's again i keep coming back to influencers because i'm so big um right they're doing it um but you know we, we, it is also india <laughs> um and and we are always constrained by what society says and society thinks and you know what parents say um and that's that's really the challenge right there will be i think it's it's um it's an uphill climb um we've lost you your voice what they do um they should definitely sorry i said if if someone is passionate and if they're passionate they're going to be good at what they do um they should follow through with with uh, you know creating an opportunity for themselves but it's also important to have a fallback what would the fallback be i think fallback is 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 education right oh. like of course you you have a degree um how do you how, how are you able to use that to to be able to get a job um right um so i think it's important to have a fallback because the pandemic has taught us that um, you know there there should be an option b otherwise uh, you know you can be in a tricky uh, tricky place right so actually there's something in linkedin or linkedin learning which their ceo i'm forgetting his name now wrote and he said you have a plan a you have a plan b and you have a plan z so a is your plan a b is your plan b if a doesn't work out and plan z is your final stop so i think what you meant by education is that you know if everything else doesn't work i have my degree with which i can use to get decent stable um uh, consistent persistent employment so very yeah. good to have you guys on the show rohan and sohel uh, there's something interesting that i realized firstly i have to tell you all you all have been like i mentioned at the start the youngest panelists we've had on this program okay but very interestingly so uh, there's another group chat that i'm part of uh, you know monitoring this whole show and they said very down to earth boys very interesting take and seriously very interesting takes you all have been giving us and very today uh, in terms of the information that we got so i really like the show myself and uh, also one more interesting aspect is the three of us are got beards the three of us are from dada catering <laughs> <laughs> and i happen to be 18 years old and a couple of months maybe 100 200 300 months so yes the youngest panel so thanks guys for being on the show thanks uh, participants for listening in and do join us and let's collaborate thank you guys god bless keep rocking <laughs>